0: Hello and welcome to Junior Retrospection. On this episode we'll... Whoa, whoa, whoa! What are you doing? I'm doing the intro. No, 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 no. It's the new season. It's me and Colin back. Back to the usual programming. Oh. So you don't need me then? Well, not this week, no, but I'm sure you'll get back at some point. Oh. All right then. Not my contract, but okay. Well, Roger, count them in. Three, two, one, go!
1: Hello, and welcome to another edition of Retrospection. Before we continue as usual, we should let our listeners know that there is a new website for the podcast, retrospectionpodcast.com. This site includes news, reviews, and general articles that follow the themes in our podcasts. You can comment on any of the posts, or if you still use email, you can reach us via info at retrospectionpodcast.com. We're also still on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Now, the site may have a few quirks until it settles in. These are features, not flaws.
0: Keep telling yourself that.
1: So it's a new season, new logo, new website, new email address. Same old crappy jokes. You're not wrong.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I-, I worried, though, for a second. I thought you were going to say, new co-host.
1: Oh, let me give me a second to just, <laughs> let, me just let me just feel that how that feels. Mm.
0: Mm. You didn't think it through, Colin, did you?
1: No. No. But in this episode, we're taken to the high seas as we take a stormy voyage through the North Sea Hijack from 1980, also known as FOLKS. Yeah, what What do you prefer? Oh, North Sea Hijack. Do you? Yeah, why would you call it FOLKS? That's meaningless. Oh, I'm surprised. I would have thought you'd love a good FOLKS. That's, that's the worst. I was right when I said same old crappy jokes. Why well, did fact, you think so... I laughed when you said it? I, I was being kind. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realise. I was elevating us.
0: I was, ho- I was hoping that I wouldn't have to manoeuvre you into it, and I didn't. <laughs> <So> that's <laughs> one good thing. So. Wow. I, I, do, I do prefer North Sea Hijack. I mean, folks tells you nothing if you don't know anything about the film.
1: No. no. And what's weird is that they that's the American title.
0: Yeah, but I mean, then again, have you seen the poster?
1: Yeah, contrary to some of the creative poster artwork, this film doesn't feature a bevy of burly clad women.
0: <laughs> it looks like it reminds me of the um, Diamonds of Forever poster. You know, where he's with the oil rig and and in the poster as well. He's, he's got all the women hanging off his legs.
1: Mhm. Yeah.
0: And he hates women.
1: Yeah. And there's and- only two women really in the well, three if you count the prime minister in the film.
0: That's right, yeah, and she's not hanging off his leg, no no and also in the poster he's he's a big giant, Roger isn't he, standing on top of the oil rig in the poster, holding a yeah. gun very much like James Bond in that James classic Bond pose, and his yeah. other hand it seems to be stopping a geezer of oil spurting out of of the oil
1: rig. <laughs> well, how would you stop her
0: but there's no there's no. Oil. S- there's no spurting of any kind in this film, let alone oil.
1: Oh, that's true. There's not. Yeah. Anyway, do you mind if I do my introduction before we get into it?
0: All right, cool. <laughs>
1: <laughs> my name's Colin, and you whack that ladder like a dinner gong. Do it again, allow I'll have your balls for breakfast.
0: That's quite scary. I don't like that. And my name's Paul, and let's just play patty Cake together
1: and get this over with. Uh, I can't do it again. You're always playing that game, are you? That's, that's uh, privileged information. You shouldn't be telling the listeners that. So IMDB says when terrorists take over two oil rigs and threaten to blow them up if their demands are not met, an eccentric anti-terrorism expert volunteers his unique commando unit to stop them.
0: And he is eccentric. That is true.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, they are unique. What's unique about them is they're all fuzzy felts. They, they cling really well to vertical green fuzz. Turns out, Disastrous at sea, they're really flocked. Hold on a minute,
0: and you were having a go at my folks joke earlier.
1: I don't know, you know what flocking is, don't you?
0: I do know what flocking is, yes.
1: That's what Fuzzy Felt stick to. The film stars Roger Moore as Foulkes, James Mason as Admiral Brinsden, Anthony Perkins as Kramer, Michael Parks as Shulman, David Hedison as King, and Leah Brody as Sanna. Oh,
0: do you remember when you had casts like that?
1: Yeah, it's a pretty good one, right?
0: It It is, it is. Um, the director as well, he, he's, he's got quite a good um, catalogue of films that, he, that he's done as well, hasn't he?
1: Yeah, he directed The Wild Geese, which we covered back in episode 38. Was it really that long ago? Doesn't time mm-hmm. fly when you're
0: having fun, Colin?
1: I wouldn't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I should say his name. It's Andrew V. McLaglen.
0: Mm-hmm. He also directed um, Hellfighters, starring John Wayne.
1: Ah, now that's interesting, because that is, of course, the film that is loosely based on the life of Red Adair, who gets a mention in this film.
0: That's right, that's right. And um, uh, the other Roger film, besides the Wild Geese, that he worked on was The Sea Wolves.
1: Yes, yes, I'm sure at some point we'll end up doing that one. I'm sure we will, yeah, (laughs) I'm sure we will. (laughs) (laughs)
0: I think we'll probably just end up doing every Roger film, eventually.
1: (laughs) Or or every Andrew V. McLaglan film.
0: Possibly, possibly.
1: Yeah, possibly. This film is based on the novel Esther, Ruth and Jennifer, which is the names of the rigs and the ship. Mm -hmm. It's by Jack Davis, who also wrote the screenplay. Tried to find the novel, but it's impossible to locate.
0: Oh, you can't find it anywhere?
1: No, I couldn't. No, there's like... I mean, there's a hair cover, but it's like $185 or something. Oh, I silly. I see.
0: That's unusual. You can usually find at least a, a, a dog-eared copy, paperback copy somewhere on eBay, can't you?
1: But... Yeah, and it totally came out as like a pulp paperback. Mm-hmm.
0: Be one so... of those finds that you'll you know you'll wander into a charity shop or a car boot sale one day and I'll just be sat on a table.
1: Yeah, and I'll get it because I bet it's interesting. Mm, yeah, definitely. Um, this came out between Moonraker and For Your Eyes Only, which is interesting because the direction For Your Eyes Only went in. Because mm-hmm. it's a little more serious, right, than previous Roger Moore films.
0: It is. But Roger felt that he was miscast in this, though, didn't he?
1: I didn't know that, did he?
0: Yeah, which is, which is interesting considering that he felt that For Your Eyes Only wasn't suited to him, didn't he? It wasn't suited to his
1: portrayal of Bond. Because it wasn't as light and wisecracking yeah Yeah. so um i mean he's wrong
0: (laughs) right and we love roger and we you know and uh, he can do no wrong but his opinion was wrong because both in this he's completely the right person for it i think
1: yeah i'm surprised because i thought this was a film that he would have wanted to do to take his character away from that of james bond
0: well, he, he, he actually, it was his wife that convinced him to play the role of folks when they, she read the book, the, and he read the book, oh, and um, okay. she said, you know, you should do this. I think mm. it was for that reason. But I don't think he was ever really comfortable.
1: All right. Before we continue, as this film features bombs, I thought I'd introduce our own ticking time bomb. In my hands is an envelope. In this envelope is a phrase if you say this phrase then the podcast ends no matter what point we're at
0: okay
1: yeah ticking in the background just over here
0: is this a phrase i'm 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 known for saying
1: no clues Pop. don't get clues with bombs <laughs>
0: i don't like pressure like
1: this all right <laughs> just be in the background okay. always there okay all right Ticking away. Tick, tick, tick.
0: Like that. All right. Okay. I'll be on my toes.
1: Oh, no. You sit though. No. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> 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 Thank you for listening. Drop the mic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, any more news? Uh, news? Any more info? Well, it's not going well in Russia, apparently. Uh... <laughs> no it's going all right in Russia it's Ukraine that's the problem that's true
0: Um, apparently 1,000 seasick tablets were handed out to the cast and crew while filming on the ship and and apparently there were also injections in the bottom for those that the the tablets didn't work on could you take both? I suppose if you were
1: adventurous enough was it just one person took 999 (laughs) of the tablets?
0: (laughs) so everyone else had to have the injection up the (laughs) bum yeah uh, James Mason was a cat lover and apparently was horrified one day when he discovered that the crew were sedating many of the cats used on the film.
1: Oh, I'm, I'm with James Mason on this one. Yeah, that
0: wouldn't fly today, would it? At all.
1: It shouldn't have flown it back then either. What was it,
0: 1980? I suppose we're still the 70s, really, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Anthony Perkins was cast very late in the day as previously the production at... what like
1: 7pm, 8pm? Or like 11 yeah. Oh, okay.
0: As um, the production had tried for both, and these are some strange ones. Now, one of them I can imagine, but the other one, very, very strange. Donald Sutherland, I can, I can imagine Donald Sutherland doing it. Yeah, yes. So he, he'd yep. play it a bit more yep. crazy, I think, wouldn't he? I think yeah. he would. Yeah. And the other one was Robert Mitchum. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I think he'd just play it as a as a standard heavy,
1: wouldn't he? I think he'd play it as Robert Mitchum. <laughs> 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 to be honest, <laughs> and I like Robert Mitchin. So do
0: I, but I think you're absolutely right on that one, Colin. Yes, he would. Yeah. <laughs> Robert Mitchin plays Robert Mitchin parts, doesn't he? Yeah.
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: Besides the obvious Roger Moore connection to Bond, we also have, as you said, David Hedison, who starred as Felix Leiter in two Bond films. Can you name them?
1: Okay, can I name the two Bond films that Felix like? Leiter- uh yeah, License to Kill, mm-hmm. and the other one. Can't remember. It's the a other Roger one. one. Oh, Spy, love oh, me. Live and Let Die. That was a guess.
0: Ah, okay. And George Baker, who also appeared in two Bond movies. Can you name those? Now
1: nah, he's the Felix Lighter Light, right? No. Wasn't he? No. Oh, no, he's the villain in no. um, Living Daylights. Um, no, wait. Oh, he played Miss Moneypenny <laughs> in. <laughs> No, he's, shall I tell you, he was in
0: the Spiral. No, I can keep going. <laughs> I know you can. No, I can just I keep going.
1: <laughs> he, played, he played odd job.
0: <laughs> we still a very few odd jobs, but no, that wasn't that wasn't him. Um, he's in the Spiral of Me, and he's also in Honor her Majesty's Secret Service. He's the guy that Bond goes to about the, the uh, family tree crest.
1: And who does he play in the other film? He
0: plays, I think he's part of the Admiralty. He's one of the people that, that oh, okay. tell, they talk about, um, you know, the, the submarine being sunk and all of that. Yeah. Right, right. Richard Harris apparently was the first choice for folks
1: to play folks in this. When did Juggernaut come out?
0: I think it was just before this, maybe a couple of years before.
1: Yeah, so it's a, it's a very similar type of character. Well, not obviously the idiosyncrasies of this character, but the... The, the fact that he's stopping terrorists setting off a bomb, it's very similar. Exactly,
0: and, and I think that's why he turned it down, because I read that he was just tired of playing heroic characters at that point.
1: Also, where's he going to get the booze if he's out on the sea all the time?
0: <laughs> that That is very true. That is a major factor to consider, isn't it?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. They'd have to have a helicopter just bring it bring in. Bring it in,
0: yes. And, and the other thing I just wanted to say was that the film grossed just under $2 million in the U.S.,
1: yeah, it was it was a bomb, right?
0: Mm-hmm. I think people were expecting a Bond movie, and I don't think that, as you say, they didn't help themselves with that poster.
1: No, not at all. No, it's, ter- it's it's a it's a great poster. It's a terrible poster.
0: Yes, it's the kind of poster you'd want on your wall, isn't it? Yes,
1: yes, yeah. it's like my Italian Job poster, the original Italian Job that has something resembling Michael Caine sitting in a chair with a Tommy gun. Mm-hmm and a cup of tea, two things that don't appear in the film because they don't use guns. (laughs) And then there's a woman with a map drawn on her back, kneeling before him. Well, there's not many women in the Italian job. Mm. There's certainly none with maps on them. Mm -hmm. So again, great poster, terrible poster. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Yeah, completely agree with you.
1: All right, let's get on with the show. We open with the Universal logo, and then we hear bagpipes. The sounds of waves lapping at a shore and the site of a remote castle. It's obvious we're in Milwaukee.
0: <laughs> I thought it was Bradford.
1: Did you, really?
0: No, no.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's supposed to be Scotland, yes. but it's, it's filmed in Ireland. Yeah, no one's gonna know, are they?
0: Put bagpipes in it, it's Scotland.
1: I think that's why they did, right?
0: I'm surprised they didn't cut to a show of a man eating a haggis.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm surprised it didn't come up on screen, Scotland. <laughs> AD, 1979. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Men in diving suits run out of the castle and stand on parade. They have folks Fusiliers written on the back. Two Fs.
0: Yes. Yes, I'm surprised they could fit all that
1: on the back. Oh, some of them are big lads. Some of them
0: are very big lads, aren't they? They don't, they don't look like they should ah,
1: be yeah. in this team, but okay. Oh, it's the, it's the 70s or the 80s, right? That's true.
0: There's hope for me. They, you they, know, if, you
1: know. There is. You could be a folks Fusilier.
0: Well, I've been called something similar in the past.
1: You have, you know. yeah. Yeah. Folks approaches him wearing a yellow raincoat and a red and white bobble hat, appearing in the easiest version of Where's Wally?
0: <laughs> he does look like a, world, uh, a Wally thing. He also looks like a 1970s PE teacher as well, doesn't he? You know, with the whistle and the way he talks to them. He talks to them like they're all children, doesn't he?
1: Yeah, he does. Yeah. He explains to his men what their assignments are about. Folks is annoyed that only one man completed yesterday's exercise on time, and that was him. He tells them that they will all finish on time today, and holds up a grenade. He counts down and orders them to go. The music begins, and the credits start. Folks appears to have a bucket of grenades. We cut to underwater as the frogmen swim by. Folks is on a rubber dinghy. He starts throwing live grenades into the water. How how did he finish yesterday's exercise on time when he appears not to actually take part in these exercises? Maybe he took part in it
0: yesterday and today he doesn't feel that he needs to because he was the one that completed it on time.
1: Who was flinging the grenades around yesterday? I don't think they did
0: that, though, did they? I think that's why he's saying that everyone will complete it on time today. Oh, it's added encouragement.
1: So so he did yesterday's when there was no danger, but he's not doing today's when there's danger. Well, that's how you'd do it, Colin. That's how I'd do it. I'd face those grenades. I'd eat them, fat them out. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to see that. No, I wouldn't. Sometimes, sometimes it's like I have.
0: I know. Yeah, you, you've you've had that problem before, haven't you? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm yeah. not sure that he's well, meeting health and safety standards, even in the 70s, throwing grenades at his own head. <laughs> I,
1: don't, I don't think so. No. Yeah. yeah. I'd quit think... at that point.
0: <laughs> I think so would I? Yes.
1: Yeah. It's, it's a very rousing score. I like the score. The score's rousing, but the action on the screen doesn't really match the score, does it? It's just a couple <laughs> of fat blokes swimming while some explosions <laughs> go off.
0: <laughs> and, it, and it doesn't really match what's going on on screen for the rest of the movie, either.
1: No, no. Um, so this is one of those things where you think, oh, if you were expected a James Bond film, you'd be like, well, this is a bit low budget. <laughs> <laughs> it's a man in a dinghy throwing grenades my... <laughs> in the water. <laughs> yeah. Are some murky people swim underneath? <laughs>
0: a lot of the crew are people that have worked on Bond films, aren't they? The behind-the-scenes people in this.
1: I imagine they were. Yeah, that would make yeah. sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so there's explosions going off around these men, and they continue to swim. They reach his boat. That's better. Next time, we'll make it more difficult. He tells them. How? What's he gonna
0: electrify the water?
1: Yeah, I don't know. Throw a shark in there. Yeah, maybe. A shark with a grenade.
0: <laughs> Attached to each fin. That's it. You can't do yeah. that anymore, Colin. I don't think you could do that in the 70s.
1: <laughs> you can? No. All right. No. We cut to after the training. We see that Folks likes cats as they're everywhere. Folks is telling Harris, like his second in command, that they need to do better in the training. He's he's constantly, like, moaning about the training.
0: Well, you know, this is why... We find out, don't we, that he's he. Everything has to run like clockwork for him, doesn't it? He prides yes. himself on everything running like clockwork, and when it doesn't, he gets quite irritated.
1: <laughs> mm, true. <laughs> Harris asks if Mr. Fletcher has a new job for them. Presumably, replies Folks. Fletcher asks Folks if he'll be staying at his club, but Folks reveals that the club has voted to accept women, so he has resigned. The <laughs> <laughs> offers a safe takes out a wad of money and places it in his bag that he's packing, and then he packs a bottle of Scotch whisky. He packs a bag like you, Paul.
0: <laughs> Do you know, I knew that was coming. I, I, knew, I wasn't sure exactly how you would word it, but I knew it was coming. Yes, You're not wrong, though. I mean, you've got to be put, put, put the essentials in there, haven't you? You don't know how long you could be away.
1: That's true. It's a big bottle of whisky as well. Well, it lasts you, what, an hour? <laughs> I'm
0: surprised it lasts folks as long as it does, the amount of swigging he's doing all the way through this movie. Yeah,
1: yeah. He tells Harris that he's in charge and that he shouldn't forget to feed the cats, and so he heads off to the station, Mm -hmm. and we see him wearing something interesting.
0: Yeah, he's dressed in kind of eccentric Victorian gentleman clothes, isn't he?
1: Like Sherlock Holmes. Yeah. Yeah.
0: He's not dressed like this later, though, is he? No, it's just here in in this yeah. little bit. Okay.
1: Yeah. Would you Would you wear one of those? It's kind of a nice suit. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Would you wear the coat though? That he was.
0: I feel like you're building up to something f- here, but the
1: full-on Sherlock Holmes coat, right?
0: Well, it's funny you should say that. I, I might be attending something uh, at some point this year if it happens, and I might dress like Sherlock Holmes.
1: Oh, you're not back in Cardiff again,
0: <laughs> are you? <laughs> Oh, luckily not. Though.
1: Remember what happened the last time when you went dressed as Moriarty? <laughs> that was a mistake. That was a mistake. Oh. Yes, I shouldn't have done that. Um, right. He looks guilty. Oh, no no shit. Looks like Moriarty.
0: The big twirly moustache didn't help either in the top hat.
1: No, especially if the moustache was twirling like spinning round and round. <laughs> yeah, just spinning around on my on face. On its own. <laughs> yeah,
0: uh, yeah it's, a, it's a strange choice. I suppose it's to accentuate his his um, uniqueness, isn't it, in the film?
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So he uh, boards a compartment, and as he steps in, he looks disgusted because there's a woman with a man there. Yes. <laughs> he sits down, breaks out the whiskey, and takes a swig. She looks horrified. And then folks takes out a tapestry and starts crocheting. C- can you imagine trying to
0: sell this character today? <laughs> can you imagine? He's no. a heavy drinking, misogynistic eccentric who does needlepoint. Yeah. Who's gonna b- yeah. Who's gonna play that? The Rock.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, that'd be good. Would it? Yeah, you can smell what the Rock's crocheting.
0: Okay. No, they will be the cats.
1: <laughs> yeah, the woman takes out a cigarette and lights it. Folks points out that they're in a non-smoker. That's the reason he selected this compartment. The woman asks him if he has a first-class ticket, which he shows her, and she reluctantly says her and her husband will find a smoker. A wise decision, he says as they leave. Mm-hmm. You know, he's not making a cat tapestry, really. He's making a flocked backing for his fuzzy felt commandos.
0: <laughs>
1: You're really rolling with this fuzzy
0: felt business, aren't you? Yeah. Huh? See, I didn't, I didn't get any of this from that film. So
1: this is interesting. You need to watch it, I do, I, I do. I
0: need to delve more into, into, into what's going on, don't I? Yeah.
1: The psyche, the psyche, yes. Not your own psyche, though. Don't do that. That'll be scary.
0: <laughs> scary for who? Not for me. I, I live with it every day.
1: Uh, uh, yeah, but you don't truly reveal it until you look into it. That's dark. <laughs> mm.
0: <laughs> a bit like, a bit like the psyche. Yeah.
1: yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, he's already so different than Bond, isn't he? That we've seen, even down to the voice that he's using, Roger, in this film, it's kind of a gruffer, more rough, kind of yeah, more austere voice that he's using than, than he normally uses. Yeah, yeah.
1: So, folks arrives at a house by taxi. He hands the taxi driver a 20 pound note. The driver says he can't change it. Folks flips a coin for it, and the driver calls heads. The cabbie wins and gets to keep the money. So, we've learnt that Folks has a military background, runs a private army of some sort, expects the best from his men, and is ruthless in training. He hates women, but loves cats, drinks a lot, isn't too bothered about money, but likes a gamble. Not bad for less than seven minutes into the film. It's brilliant. It's, it's so well put
0: together, this. It really is. It gives you everything that you need to know about him, in what did you say? Seven minutes. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's perfect. It's perfectly written, and and, and mm-hmm. Roger, he's got some fantastic lines, and we've seen loads of them already.
1: Yeah. Well, heard them, Paul can't see lines.
0: Oh, do you know? I don't see words in front of my eyes.
1: I mean, I take pills for
0: it. Oh. You know, but,
1: yeah. Right. Right. Pills? You mean the drink? <laughs> It's
0: medication, isn't it? Oh yeah, yeah a sorts, yeah. If it's good enough for folks, it's good enough for me.
1: Oh, is that why we're living our life by now? <laughs> That's worrying.
0: <laughs> is the bomb still ticking? By the way, just just want to check.
1: Oh, well, we've come close. We've come close, but it's still ticking.
0: Okay, all right. Okay, this is this is nerve wracking.
1: Yeah, it's fun, isn't it? Yeah, not for me. Oh, he enters a building that looks. Like a kind of government embassy type place, mm-hmm. and he meets Fletcher. Fletcher explains to Folks about how there are a lot of oil rigs in the North Sea, all costing hundreds of millions, too many for the army and navy to keep secure, and that his organisation ensures them. Turns out to be Lloyd's. He wants Folks to work out what can be done if one is hijacked. Folks points out that the armed forces should already have a plan. Fletcher says that because oil rigs are not buildings and they're hundreds of miles out at sea, you can't approach them without being seen or heard unless you approach from below. It's your tactic, that, isn't it? (laughs) Stealthily approach from below?
0: I don't know what you're talking about.
1: That's why they called you the submersible at school, right?
0: I did sink once in, in the swimming pool.
1: Yeah, and you had trouble keeping your periscope down. That's true. That's true. Well, yeah.
0: when it's as big as, as the one that I've got, you know, it pops out of the water very
1: easily. Yeah, the shallow end. Fogg says that only a superior intellect would have a satisfactory way of hijacking a rig, and that he'll put himself in the position of doing so and work out how to overpower himself. Mm-hmm. Got a very high opinion of himself, hasn't he? He has, he has. Folks realises he has five months to figure it out because nothing is likely to happen until spring when the weather is better. And then he asks Fletcher, will uh, Mercia be joining us for dinner? Fletcher says, I'm afraid not. Oh, pity, says Folks, not looking in the least bit disappointed.
0: <laughs> and um, uh, the other guy's kind of happy about it as well, I
1: think, from the look on his face. Yeah, 70s. Men together. Well, Men together. 80s. Yeah. We cut to, and I I don't know, is it Stavanger? Stavanger? I don't know how you pronounce it. It's in Norway. Mm -hmm. Go with it.
0: Pick one. All right.
1: Pick one, okay. Well, we're never going to hear it mentioned again, so it doesn't matter. A ship in dock. Large cargo crates have been loaded onto a ship called Esther. Some men arrive in cars. One gets out and says here from the press and wish to come aboard. The captain is expecting them. Although we don't know... Them yeah, we see that Anthony Perkins is one of the journalists, so, you know, we can assume they're the bad guys.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's it's like the opening moments of um, when when Hans Gruber and his team turn up in Die Hard, isn't it?
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. You know they're not going to be up to anything uh, good.
1: They're not not writing a few stories and then take some pictures and leaving. The captain tells them that they may be in for a rough trip because the weather forecast isn't good. He tells them they are dropping off parts of the drilling rig before going to the production platform, and we meet one of the few women in the film, Sana, played by Leah Brody.
0: Jack Watson playing the captain. He, he's mm-hmm. a fantastic actor. We've seen him. In, he's been in everything, hasn't
1: he? Um, yeah, we, yeah. We so- he played Miss Money Penny in the later Bond <laughs> films,
0: <laughs> and I'm sure he, he'd be fantastic. <laughs> Um, we we yeah. saw him in The Wild Geese. which is the one that always springs to my mind. He's got some great lines in that as right. well. But um, his accent here, it's a bit... Well, it's a little bit Chef from The Muppet Show, isn't it?
1: I didn't know you were an expert on Norwegian accents.
0: <laughs> no, I'm an expert on The Muppet Show, Colin.
1: Ah. Well, he's a captain of a ship that sails around, so maybe his accent has been afflicted by the various locations. Also... He's probably got an international crew, and spends most of his time with them. All right. <laughs> All right.
0: But like so you like that? See if I care.
1: All right. The men are introduced as journalists from different newspapers around the world. Lou Kramer, played by Perkins, Harold Schulman, Robert F. Hackerman, Art Webb, and two Japanese journalists, A.G. Tanaka and Sugura Yakamoto. Mm-hmm. So we see more equipment being loaded onto the ship and then the ship casts off. Herring leads Kramer and Schulman to the wheelhouse where they are greeted by the captain. Kramer pulls out a gun. He is taking over the ship. One of the crew tries to grab the weapon but Webb shoots him dead from behind. They force the crew to throw the dead colleague over the side even though the captain protests that he's entitled to a decent Christian burial. But then, on a boat, isn't that essentially throwing them overboard it anyway? Is, yes. Do you uh, think... Or maybe they keep him the body somewhere until they get back to land. I don't know.
0: Yeah, I suppose they're not out for like
1: a long time, are they? Not like... You know.
0: No. Did I see this right? But did Shulman steal the watch from the dead body before they throw it over the side?
1: Oh, I don't know. I wish I'd seen that. I think that. he does. He takes it off, he takes it off he?
0: the wrist and then he sort of looks at it, shakes it, holds it up to his ear and then walks off with it.
1: Nice. That's a nice mm. little touch. I mean... You would, <laughs> yeah. Shame, waste of watching
0: it. <laughs> I wonder whether that was scripted or whether it was just something that, that they did.
1: Probably scripted. So? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you don't tend to... I, I don't see much ad-libbing and improvising. <laughs> it's like... Because according to this, it was shot like in only in a few months. I suppose with a lot of it being on a ship as well. I mean, there's a... So, yeah, you yeah. gotta got to be careful. So all the crew are locked into the mess room and they discuss what is going to happen to them. They have enough food for a few weeks. Ackerman and Herring enter the mess room. Ackerman orders the two engineers to go down to the engine room. He tells the others that if they stick their heads out, he'll blow them off. Back on the bridge, Shulman explains to the captain that they've rigged a bomb in the hold that is connected to a case he has. One press of the switch and the whole ship will be blown up. And Perkin, um, Anthony Perkins'
0: character, Kramer, he mocks the captain's accent, doesn't he? He does, yeah. And it's exactly the same.
1: <laughs> oh, it's just, yeah. Oh, so you're a terrorist? <laughs>
0: exactly. Yes. <laughs> what do you think of Anthony Perkins in this film? Then, I mean, I, I've I've read a lot of things online where a lot of people think that he's he's kind of miscast and he's not believable as a tough sort of hijacker or terrorist. But I completely disagree with that.
1: I think he's, yeah, I think he's fine, but I, I don't think he's necessarily as tough as he he really is, because there's a scene later that's a bit weird. Oh, okay. You're going to talk, talk about that when we get to it, then? Yeah. Uh, personally, yeah, I think I, he's the,
0: I, the exact right amount of sinister, and, and he's kind of sarcastic. He's got, like, a humorous edge to him as well, a lot of the time.
1: Right. Right. But I think he's also where the plan is not exactly going. Yeah. The way he wanted it to
0: I kind of like the way that he views all his team as well, like they're they're all idiots, and he's the only one oh, you like that yeah. idea, it's
1: like like being at, being at work, is it
0: I was thinking more along the lines of <coughs> doing the podcast,
1: but oh, you think everyone around you is idiots?
0: No, 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 I was sticking it the other way around, Colin <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, you're saying I'm Anthony Perkins.
0: Well, I'm not saying that, but you know, I do have the ticking bomb. You do, and you, 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 your eyes
1: light up every time you say it as well. Ah, it's the fart of finishing early. <laughs> <laughs> uh so like I said, uh, they have a case and there's a switch, and one press of it, and the whole ship will be blown up. We'll go up with it, says Kramer, but that's just one of the risks. Apparently, Shulman is an expert in explosives, and Kramer tells the captain not to try anything, that the supply of parts will be delivered to Roof, the drilling rig, in the normal way. We cut to Shulman telling Tanaka and Yakamoto, who are now in diving gear, that they have 30 seconds once they've primed the mines, touch them after that, and their fish food. The model works pretty good, isn't it? Yeah, I like the model work. My only complaint, is not really a complaint, but the, I noticed that the weather... On the, when they're showing the model work, doesn't really match the other scenes. That is true. So, like, they'll be in a big storm, and then it'll cut to the model, and it's blue sky. Yeah.
0: <laughs> that is true. But, but and, uh, the weather aside, it, sometimes it's hard to tell the model work from the actual shots of because they 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 mix and match it all together so well that you don't really notice it. Yeah.
1: No, it's good. Yeah. So they dive into the water. Esther docks with the drilling rig, which is a massive oil platform. The two divers lock the mines onto the drilling rig and prime them. Kramer waits impatiently as the parts are loaded onto the rig and the divers return. Schulman reveals that now they can blow up, not just themselves, but also the drilling rig roof by using the switches in this case. It's now two hours until they reach the production platform. Kramer orders the captain to dock with the platform in the normal way. The captain refers to them as terrorists, but Kramer says they are not. Terrorists are confused. He knows what he wants. His attitude is very similar to Hans Gruber, isn't it, from Die Hard? Yeah, the more you talk about that, the more there are connections, Mm. right?
0: I wonder whether, um, (laughs) it'd be very strange if it was, but I wonder whether the writers were aware of this film.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, Die Hard is based on an old book. Yes, that almost
0: got made with Frank Sinatra at one point in the 70s.
1: Yeah. Yeah, because he did two of the other mm. books.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. so a good point. So they're now going to dock with Jennifer, which is the big, massive oil platform, the production plant. And the divers, again, are going to place mines onto the struts of Jennifer, which sounds strange saying that, but there you go. The person in control of Jennifer, again, is the name of the production platform, is called Mr. King. Kramer asks the captain to call Mr. King on Jennifer. Kramer tells King that he's the temporary captain of Esther and that he's got mines stuck on the drilling platform and under the rig that King is on. He wants the British government, who are the primary stockholders with both Roof and Jennifer, to pay them a ransom of £25 million in five different currencies and that they have 24 hours or they will blow up Roof, and four more hours and Jennifer will be destroyed. If anybody takes action against them, then everything will be blown up. Twenty-five million. Does it sound like a lot now? Does it? I suppose it was back then. Was well, a massive amount. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's still. I. Well, oh, yeah, you don't get up for like less than, <laughs> less than twenty-five million, oh, do you? <laughs> I wish. We cut to Privy Council building. That's not privy, as in yes. the toilet. Just in mm-hmm. case you're wondering, mm-hmm. Paul. And we see a Mr. Tipping about to leave when he gets a phone message about the hijacking. He calls the Prime Minister. We cut to Downing Street. The Prime Minister sits down and she requests a whiskey. Little note here, filming of this finished in May 1979. Margaret Thatcher became Prime Minister on May the 4th, 1979.
0: I, I wondered we're, how close to Margaret Thatcher becoming Prime Minister this was.
1: So right before she became Prime Minister. So either someone thought she was mm-hmm. a dead cert. Well, I don't know if she was mm. at the time. Uh,
0: and if she wasn't, it was kind of a... Um, a new thing to do, wasn't it? To, to make the Prime Minister female. She's written very similar to how um, years later, Judy Dench's M is going to be written as well.
1: Uh, Tippings is there with other politicians, and they reveal that they can't get the Royal Commandos, though, without them being seen, and that Jennifer is the largest production platform ever built. It would cost £15,000 million pounds to replace, which sounds like a sum <laughs> just made up, doesn't it? And it cost uh 25 squillion dollars I wonder whether
0: they made it up on purpose anyway because a lot of them treat the prime minister like she doesn't really know what she's talking about they have looks on their faces sometimes don't they that oh yeah we 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 can just steer this the way that we want
1: and do you think that's because she's a woman or because that's how prime ministers are treated <laughs>
0: Probably a bit of both, but I think the film, I think the implication in the film is because she's a woman.
1: Yeah. Right. So they talk about the fact there'll be a huge loss in fuel revenue and damage done by pollution if the rig is destroyed. There's also the cost to Lloyds, who are covering the insurance. Tippig suggests that whilst the British government couldn't pay the terrorists, maybe Lloyds could. And it's pointed out that there are 600 people on the rig. Uh, the Prime Minister is open to talking to lawyers as they have their own negotiation team and other means, in mm-hmm. inverted commons. We cut back to the rig. Ackerman is trying to hit on Sana. Yeah, I don't think he hits on her, does he? He's more like he wants to... Uh... Yeah, he does at... No, he does at this point, but later on he tries yeah, it stronger. Because okay. he tells her they want breakfast on the bridge now. And she tells them when it's ready. So she's a defiant character. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Uh, we also see that, ironically, as his name is Herring, he's seasick. I never thought of that. That's actually quite good. Yeah. Mm. yeah. And we should point out that Herring is the person who brought these people aboard. And right now, we believe him that he's been duped by him as well.
0: That's what we're led to believe, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Going back to what you said about Sana. All three of the, of the female roles in this are quite well-written, aren't they? Yes. Mm-hmm. Quite strong yeah. characters. Yeah. I think that's obviously to, think that's... to offset the misogyny that, that we get from the lead character, isn't it?
1: Yeah, I would imagine so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When they are left alone, one of the crewmen asks Anna about what kind of poisons they have in the hospital. She tells him that they have morphine, but the captain has the key and probably won't let them use it. But she'll ask when she can. We cut to Fletcher, some Navy officers and the Prime Minister watching a training video of folks that was somehow filmed with cutaways, edits, close-ups.
0: <laughs> I, I, I did make a note of that as well. How, how did they manage all those close-ups and all the different angles? Did they have a camera crew lugging dirty, great, big film cameras all over the place? A boom mic yeah, yeah. and everything. it looks like it.
1: <laughs> and, and a director. Yeah, yeah. this going, that was lovely, darling. Can you do it again? <laughs> Yeah, it's very strange. Well, well, I think it's one of those
0: movie conceits, isn't it? That we're just supposed to not think about.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And the video finishes with folks taking a swig of his whiskey.
0: And doesn't he tell them to shut the camera off now? Because he, he realizes yeah, he they're does. still filming him.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They discuss using folks. Dippings points out that the video was shot over a month ago. And the uncanny thing is it's accurate to how Kramer has got a bud using a supply ship. Admiral Brinsden thinks the Navy should do it, but they don't have a budget for it. And it's revealed that Rufus Excalibur Folks, that's his Mm -hmm. full name, his men are all Mm ex-commandos. We cut to the training. Oh, sorry. We cut to Foulkes' training, his men, again on scaffolding designed to look like an oil rig. Admiral Brinsden arrives, and while he admires Folks' professionalism, he's still not keen on civilian doing his work. The naval officer with him says that Folk's deducing how somebody might hijack the rig was either the work of a genius or very lucky. Brinsden hopes that Folk's is both. I
0: love the Admiral's snobbishness about Folk's not being regular. <laughs> it's, it's, you can imagine this yeah. is how it would be if they have to use uh, what they would term a civilian outfit to do their job.
1: You, you know he doesn't mean that he poops every morning. <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> but... Oh, OK, just just check it. He's, he's not regular. I'll have you know, I have my brand Flakes. <laughs> or oh, my brand Folks, as I like very to call good, him. Very good,
0: I love James Mason's voice as well, in everything that he's
1: ever in. He's, <laughs> yeah, he has, he has yeah. a very distinctive a great voice. Very commanding, yeah. isn't he? Folks sees the naval officers and talks to them. It's a bristly conversation. Brinsden says, I hear you hope to get your men to the wheelhouse unobserved. Folks replies, I don't hope anything. If I say I will get my men to the wheelhouse unobserved, then I will do so. The naval officer says he was telling the Admiral that Fox has his men so well trained that they can find their way around Esther with their eyes shut. Fox replies, if any of my men moves around, anything with their eyes shut, I will personally gouge them out. It's time for a drink. <laughs> oh, a bit early, points out Brunston. At four hours since breakfast, it's late. Paul leans back and says, you are my hero. <laughs> I do look up to him slightly, yes. he's. Uh... <laughs> how is he not permanently drunk? Maybe he is. <laughs> well, he hides it very well. Back at Folks' home, he introduces them to Harris. They talk about the plan. They don't know how many people have taken Esther. Folks says, apart from the odd stun grenade, they will only use knives and special harpoon guns. They don't make a sound unless they hit Bone, but they won't. Because, he says, my men know the way around the male anatomy. As do you,
0: Paul. (laughs) I knew it was coming. (laughs) 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 Again, though, you know, all joking aside, all the little hints and lines here, you know, hinting at folks. He could
1: be gay. Couldn't he? Yeah, could be, Mm -hmm. yeah. He picks up his cat. I like cats, and I don't like people who don't. He continues with the plan. While the Navy creates a diversion, Folks's men will surround the wheelhouse. Harris will toss in the stun grenade, and I will kill the man nearest the remote controls. Brinsden is surprised that he has to go aboard Esther, but Folks says that Brinsden will be there in his official capacity and that Folks will be his flag officer. The bad guys will let them board because they will offer themselves as additional hostages when they start to get nervous. And Folks says, and well, I will see that they do get nervous. Brinsden takes a drink. Do you think that he's in the whiskey drinking scene, folks? Is just
0: sizing the admiral up. He's got a look in his eye, like he's watching him, and and you know, just see, to see what he's like. He's testing him slightly.
1: Yeah, that would make sense because he's going to need Brins- Brinsden as part of the mm-hmm. plan.
0: Exactly is what I'm saying. Is seeing it, you know, what his nerves are like. Is he what 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 kind of what his character is.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Back on Esther, the captain is in his room having a shave. Sanna asks if he wants some tea. Ackerman enters and tells the captain he's needed now. They leave, but Ackerman shuts the door, trapping Sanna and him alone in the cabin. He starts to unbutton her shirt. But the captain reopens the door, and Sanna can leave.
0: Yep, bit of possible rape.
1: Yeah, 80s. Yep. The captain enters the wheelhouse, and so Kramer orders him to put a call back to King. He's suspicious that they haven't made the news and they haven't made the news because the prime minister has put a D notice mm-hmm. on it, which is a very popular phrase in 80s films.
0: Yes. Um, I've heard it in Bond. I've also heard it in Callan in the 70s as well.
1: Yep. One more film you've heard it in that we've done in a podcast. I even know the line, believe it or not, for some Give reason. me the line. You want me to give you, give you the line? This is a D notice situation. Oh, yeah. Um, who does wins? Oh, no. no? Life Force. Life Force? Yeah. When the uh, guy arrives and he says, This is a D notice. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I
0: think we even commented it on the time, didn't we? Yeah. Yeah. Life Force and folks. That's the link. (laughs) He's a D notice. Who'd have thought it, eh?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Okay. King tells them that they're doing their best. Kramer reiterates the time that they have left. King tells him that Admiral Brinsden is on his way and he'll be landing on Jennifer. Kramer says he hasn't given permission for anybody to land. King points out that it'll be hard to deliver any money to him if no permission is given. Kramer says alright, you can land. We cut to Brinsden waiting for a plane to land and Tipping steps out. As they walk, they discuss Folks. Brinsden says that Folks has enough chips on his shoulder to sink a battleship. But on the other hand, he suspects the right man for the job was chosen. Folks pulls up on a motorcycle. So Folks is annoyed that Tipping's is coming. They get into the helicopter. On the flight, Tipping's gives the briefing from the Prime Minister to Brinsden, while Folks takes a swig of whiskey.
0: <laughs> and then I, I love how he just takes out his needlepoint as well.
1: Yeah, and he reveals that he's been working on it for 17 years.
0: <laughs> he, he says, doesn't he, that he doesn't really do it. it. The point of it isn't to complete it, is it?
1: Yeah, because he said, like, do you enjoy it? And he's like, no, it's mm-hmm. boring.
0: But it, it helps him think. But it fo- it?
1: Yeah, it focuses mm-hmm. his mind. Yeah, exactly. They fly over roof. Brinsden reveals that divers will be going there to diffuse the mines. Folks says that's a silly idea because the mines are probably made to explode if they are ever disturbed. We cut to Jennifer. There's a storm picking up. The captain wants the weather forecast turned on in case they need to turn into the wind. And he wants the engineer in the wheelhouse. Kramer lets him go and get the engineer, but sends Webb to follow him. The captain goes into the mess room and tells the crew to put on their oil skins because they're changing position. They leave, but Sana shuts the door before the captain can go. She wants the key to the poison cabinet.
0: Now, is that a thing on a ship?
1: You have a poison cabinet? Well, well, yeah, you'd have morphine because morphine numbs the pain, but too much morphine can kill you.
0: I just imagine it being labelled Poison Cabinet.
1: Yeah, that's that skull and crossbones sign. at poison. I that's just, what I they just use. find it a
0: very strange idea that there's a poison cabinet. I think mean, it's the phrase "poison cabinet."
1: Right, mm. right. What would you? Would would you prefer a nasty liquid cabinet? Well, it's just medical supplies, isn't it, or something? Things you shouldn't drink cabinet.
0: <laughs> oh, you don't want to put that around yeah. right, me, do you?
1: No, you'd see that as a challenge.
0: <laughs> well, let's just remind <laughs> our listeners:
1: we are playing characters. <laughs> Well, I am. <laughs> she points point out that while this conversation is going on about the poison, Herring is still sitting in the room feeling ill. Mm-hmm. The captain ignores her and leaves her in the mess room. The crew start working on turning the boat around. Engines are started. They see the helicopter landing on Jennifer. Folks forces them to walk slowly into the rig in case they're being watched. King's secretary offers to take Fox's coat, but he refuses. I didn't know they had females aboard these things. Yeah, it's a great reaction when she tries to help him with his stuff, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it's only one, one step away from him going, Oh, woman? Yeah.
0: In that voice as well.
1: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Kramer is on the phone and King takes the call. Kramer tells him that the helicopter is not to leave and he wants to know who exactly arrived. King tells him that Admiral Brinsden and his flag lieutenant arrived, nobody else, and that the Admiral will be in touch with him. Kramer gets sarcastic. I'm sure he will, unless he's come to lead you in a chorus of God Save the Queen as Jennifer sinks at about 40 fathoms of North Sea. But what's his hurry? He's still got six hours and 18 minutes to play with, and then hangs up. He's got some good lines. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Back on Jennifer, folks analyse Kramer from the conversation. Paranoid, um, Momentarily drunk on power and reveling on it. Oh, it's a bit like you when you edit the podcast. <laughs> I'm not used to having that much power, Colin, as you know. Ah, uh, gone to your head. Well, you abdicated. So That's true. You, That's true. Gave up the throne. Passed it down to me. Threw f- threw the crown around. Yeah, yeah. Hit you on the head. <laughs> you took it, grasped it, licked it, licked it. <laughs> yeah, you I you could just mm, my precious, precious. Ooh. Crown it is, but it's <laughs> on <laughs> uh, You
0: know, I w- it's a shame that we don't do this on YouTube because you really threw yourself into that part. Then. It was fantastic, Colin. <laughs> 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 it was like watching Andy Circus motion captured.
1: It was amazing. Fox continues, don't talk to him for an hour. He's suggesting that there is no hurry. is exactly the opposite of what he feels. He's bursting to know our reactions to his threats. What are we supposed to do for the next hour? Asks Brinsden. Think, Admiral. Think, replies Fox.
0: So back on the ship, Kramer is getting a little bit edgy about the helicopter when he notices the captain fiddling
1: around inside his dungarees. His own, Yeah, he's adjusting himself, isn't he?
0: (laughs) I thought he was just scratching.
1: Well, he's a fisherman. He's probably got
0: crabs. The captain says that he's looking for his pipe, and Kramer allows one of the ship's crew to go to his cabin to get it for him. In reality, it isn't a pipe that he wants, but the key to the poison cabinet. Right, yeah. The crewman takes it, and he also grabs a pipe, kind of as an afterthought, so that it kind of looks the part when he goes back.
1: Well, he has to get it. Otherwise, they'll be like, why you didn't bring me pie back? Yeah, but he almost forgets, doesn't he? He starts he, yeah, to go. Yeah, he does. He forgets. And yeah. then realises. Kramer
0: speaks to the Admiral on the phone. The Admiral tells him that they're trying to get the money together. But Kramer says that he's heavily researched the whole project and he knows exactly how these things work.
1: Yeah. It's nice when someone does a bit of research, isn't it?
0: I was going to say, it's exactly like when we, you know, the preparation that we do for the podcast. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The Admiral convinces Kramer to allow the helicopter to leave to bring the money back. But Kramer launches into a crazy speech about meeting the timetable and what will happen if there's no money. Again, Perkins is excellent in this bit.
1: He is, he is. Before you continue, I should point out to our listeners that we do a lot of preparation and we actually label our preparation because I'm obviously, I do A, so preparation A. And yours is H, right? Because you have preparation H. How do you do piles of research? <laughs> piles and piles. You've
0: got no idea. Yeah. yeah? No. It's clear that the first deadline, it's clear that the first deadline can't be reached. But you said it's twice
1: as it two deadlines?
0: Well, it's folks, so it's FF. Oh, yeah. Good. Good. Nice. I- I'm going to say it again. It's clear that the first deadline can't be reached, but folks says that the helicopter should still leave with a message to say that they should make it seem that Ruth has exploded accidentally. Mm. Kramer and his men wouldn't be able to visually confirm this as they're too far away and it would mean that they would be unlikely to blow it up themselves yeah yeah it's a it's a plan it's a plan it's a plan it's a bit it's a bit of a um, it's a risky plan let's say oh
1: there's a worse one coming up in a bit okay
0: <laughs> you'll have to <laughs> tell me the Admiral isn't quite convinced though that Kramer just wouldn't press the button anyway and blow it which which Yeah. You would, wouldn't you? Yeah. Might as well. Folks also wants the helicopter to take three people off the rig. King suggests some of the women. Nonsense, barks folks. If women want equality in life, they must also accept it in death. You're going to get that on on a t shirt. -shirt. Oh, fuck. (laughs) 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 Folks suggests taking off the three youngest crew members, regardless of sex. And that's what they do. Kramer watches the helicopter fly away. Then he goes to the bathroom, but he's concerned about the captain's crew. Shulman reassures him, if anyone so much as fat's in the wrong key, he'll end up with his brains all over the floor. It's a strange thing to say. but
1: It is, yeah. Can I also just, there's a little bit when they're on the bridge before Kramer walks away. Mm-hmm. And that Harold tells Kramer that he should get his head down, right? Mm-hmm. Did you notice him rubbing Kramer's chest? Was he? Yeah, he, he, he says, oh, you should get your head down. And he's just like massaging his chest like that. And then Kramer just glances at it, but says, yeah, probably, you know, and then says he's going to go. So do I was you... like, So like, is there something between Harold and Kramer? I was going to say, yeah.
0: So do you think that's what they were going for? I'd seen
1: it. It was just a weird moment.
0: I wonder whether it was something that the two actors came up with. Because if it's a weird moment that's never referenced in the script at all, I wonder whether it's just something they came up with themselves.
1: Yeah, maybe.
0: In which case, maybe when he did take the watch off the dead body, that could have been something that he just came up with. Yeah, it, maybe. If that is the case for both of these things, then they, the actors are really putting everything into it, aren't they? They're really...
1: F- far more than the film deserves, <laughs> really. <laughs>
0: The captain tells one of his crew to go tell Santa to start the dinner. Wink, wink. Yeah. It's pretty much what he does. It's all by the winking, isn't it? The crewman meets up with the rest of the crew and passes on the key. Santa offers to do it, but Herring says that he'll go instead. Hmm. Ah. Hmm. The crew are surprised at his bravery. But after he leaves, it suddenly dawns on them that Herring is... Probably
1: working with the hijackers. I got to admit, I I probably would have been suspicious of Herring from the very beginning.
0: So, do you think that the the seasickness was just an excuse for him to be in there with them, or do you think he genuinely, really is seasick? Because doesn't it stop?
1: Yeah, it stops when he's when they figure you know, it out, rescue yeah. him. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Sanna and another crewman step out under the ruse of getting more supplies. But really, they got a head off herring.
1: <laughs> okay. Sorry, head off, head off herrings. It's actually hard to say. I was surprised you got away with that one.
0: <laughs> Especially in my state. No, I'm, I'm fine. Yeah. yeah, They grab him and they tie him up in a cupboard. Sanna heads back while the crewman goes to the poison cabinet. But he doesn't know that Kramer is watching through a crack in the door.
1: Ooh, uh, bad I, move.
0: Ge- I guess that's because he, he just got out the toilet.
1: Yeah, I, was, I think he's suspicious of everybody, right? Oh, yeah. I don't As think he well. even
0: trusts his own men, does he? Mm-hmm. No, no. Now, the next scene is one of the best in the film, I think. So the crewman passes out the poisoned food and drink, but Kramer toys with him and he forces him to drink it himself there's a bit of a fight and Santa escapes onto the deck of the ship. She's pursued by one of the Kramer's men, but he thinks she's jumped overboard.
1: Because they see a, a sneaker floating. Yeah. Trainer floating across the ocean. Yeah. Back on
0: the bridge, Kramer literally pours a pot of coffee down the sailor's throat, killing him, and then they throw the body overboard. It's really well done, this, and Anthony Perkins is so... Yeah. ...scurry, I suppose. is. He's what he is. I mean, you wouldn't mess with him, would you?
1: Yeah. No, puts me off the coffee.
0: No, he's a right psycho. Meanwhile, on Jennifer, the Admiral is tense. As a message comes through in code, the simulated explosion is on for later. And it's folks who recognises the code. I suppose you're one of those people who does the crossword in 10 minutes, the Admiral asks folks. <sighs> I've never taken 10 minutes, he replies testily. The Admiral calls Kramer to tell him that they can't get the money to them by 11 and asks him to reconsider blowing up Ruth, but Kramer's having none of it. Suddenly, there's an explosion in the distance. Kramer believes that the mines have been tampered with by the Admiral's men. Kramer calls the Admiral, but Folks talks to him instead, posing as the Admiral's lieutenant. Kramer is still adamant... Uh,
1: um, uh, Lieutenant. It's the Navy. It's Royal Navy. Oh, yeah, sorry. American Navy.
0: Sorry, 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 sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Kramer, I'll say it again, you know I will. Kramer yeah. is still adamant that he wants his money and hangs up. Meanwhile, Folks goes through a plan with the Admiral. He wants to show him how to create a diversion by asking Kramer if he wants a cigarette and then accidentally knocking them to the floor.
1: Yeah, this is this is the plan that I was thinking is a little silly. It's, cool. it's a lot of chance.
0: What, that he his eyes will follow the the cigarettes as they fall to the floor.
1: Yeah, or even that they fall out the packet properly. Mm-hmm. or the guy doesn't go, don't pick those up. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just it's just a it's just a very like it's not a it's not a guaranteed plan.
0: I wonder whether it's something that folks has used before. And it's got maybe got a you know sixty percent success rate. So let's go with it.
1: Yeah, can you imagine, like Bridson does it, and they shoot him, and then Folks is like, bloody hell, it worked. Yeah. <laughs> well, it, almost like, what? Though, it? it almost
0: doesn't. It almost doesn't. Oh yeah. Because it's something yeah. that Folks does himself. Yeah. Yeah. The admiral then has to bend down, leaving Kramer wide open for Folks to kill him. And at the same time, folks' his team will be retaking the ship. That's the plan. Yep. Yep. Kramer and Shulman untie Herring. And Kramer is having his doubts about Herring's usefulness. Yes, he is. Shulman wants to know what the escape plan is. But Kramer, well, he's playing his cards close to his chest.
1: What do you think his escape plan is? I don't (laughs) really see one.
0: Yeah, because that ship's not moving fast, is it, that they're on? So if they're going to try and get away in the ship, unless they were thinking of maybe using the helicopter.
1: Yeah, weather's a bit lousy, but I suppose that's... Mm. But they're not all going to get in that helicopter, are they? Maybe his plan isn't for them all to get away. (coughs) Yeah, because actually they're not going to get into it, because doesn't folks say earlier, "Um, I hope you'll fit in to tippings?
0: That's right, because one of them might have to sit on the floor, he says, doesn't he?
1: Yeah, and there's only three of them. Yeah. Plus a pilot. Maybe
0: Kramer and Shulman are the only two that are probably gonna get away together.
1: Yeah, it's Shulman and Yeah. Kramer. <clears throat>
0: Folks instructs the Admiral to call Kramer exactly at twenty one hundred hours to distract him from maybe still pressing the bomb button for Ruth.
1: What time's twenty one hundred hours, Paul? That's
0: nine o'clock in the evening. Nice. Yeah. Can't yeah. believe you asked me that. The Admiral <laughs> tells Kramer that his money will be coming soon. But Kramer wants the Admiral and his staff to come over to the ship at eleven as a reassurance that there won't be a booby trap put in with the ransom.
1: Don't look at me like that when you say booby trap. I'm not falling into your booby trap. I don't know what you're talking about. I would never stoop it's to it's that you level. You don't most of the time, anyone's saying anything. <laughs> I hardly a newsflash. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't go down to that
0: level, Colin. No, it'd hurt your back. I wouldn't get up again. Not with these knees.
1: No. Yeah. yeah.
0: Folks says that he doesn't like anyone changing his plans at short notice, and they need an excuse to get onto the bridge. This is where he's—he's he's kind of—he uh, wants everything to run the way he, the way he wants it. As soon as there's a spanner in those works, he gets quite miffed, doesn't he?
1: Yeah. Which is odd, because you would think. That happens all the time in these kind of operations. Yeah, unless he's got a complete
0: 100% success rate and everything always goes to plan. Yeah. This is the first time he's ever encountered any difficulties, which is hard to believe. Especially as we we already um, kind of... They already kind of showed us that his men aren't exactly perfect, are they, all the time? No. From the very opening scene. King and the Admiral give notes for their loved ones to Tipping in case they don't come back. Of course you'll come back, says folks, concealing a gun in his hat. Yeah. Did you notice that in in that scene when Tipping, when um, the Admiral gives, is giving the note to Tipping and they have that little scene, did you notice what Roger Moore's doing on the couch behind them?
1: No, what's he doing?
0: He's making a meal out of looking at the gun that he's got in his hand, but without actually doing oh. anything with it at all. He's just kind of like turning it over and over and looking at it, clearly waiting for the moment where he has to,
1: you know, pull the slide back and do his little bit.
0: He's trying to look busy.
1: Right. Or maybe he's embarrassed because of all this, here, yeah, here's my letter to my wife kind that's, of thing. That's
0: a good way of looking at it, yeah. Yeah, if you wanted to do yeah. it in in the movie universe, you know.
1: Yeah. Probably yeah, I always wanted to do it in the movie.
0: <laughs> oh we know what kind of movies you're talking about, Colin.
1: Yeah, animation. <laughs> musicals. You
0: want to do it in musicals? Yeah. West Side Story. Uh Little Shop of Horrors.
1: Little Shop of Horrors, yeah. That would be A bit better. More rocky horror though, wouldn't it? Yeah. Really, for you.
0: Yeah. I'll play the plant. <laughs> <laughs> Would't you want to play um um Frankenfur in Rocky Horror with the fishnets on it's and... more you isn't it?
1: Yeah. yeah, I wouldn't mind doing that that'd be fun. You heard it here
0: anyone any casting budding casting directors out there wanna wanna you know fill fill a role Colin's your man to fill
1: the role all right, Weinstein. <laughs> I'll probably
0: leave that in. Um, <laughs> folks gives instructions to the secretary to call Kramer at zero zero thirty two hours. That's twelve thirty two to you, he says to her.
1: Yeah, I think she probably. I knows. think she does. She she just looks at
0: him all the time, with this. Yeah, you are unbelievable. Look on her face, doesn't she?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's my also. It's a bit more like a poor man kind of. Yeah, yeah. Reaction.
0: Although I think that by the end of the film. There seems to be a, a kind of respect, on her part anyway, for him. Even though she right. finds him exceptionally irritating. Yeah. And that and he tells her to ask to speak to each of us to verify our well-being. Otherwise, the ransom won't be paid. They synchronize their watches and get into the, what would you call it? It's kind of like a, a transport cradle that's hanging from the helicopter.
1: Yeah. Yeah, we can go with that.
0: And it flies them over.
1: I thought you was having trouble with the word helicopter. <laughs> I thought you was going to say, what do you call it? It's a thing that um, has a rotor blade Spinny on top. Spinning things. Yeah. I was thinking, because a previous podcast where you confused plane with helicopter, I was thinking, uh-oh, here he goes. He's going to call it an aeroplane. He <laughs> doesn't know. He's going to have I've trouble. Done, I've done my homework. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So they get in the helicar. <laughs>
0: Plane copter. and they are taken over to the ship. Kramer's men search them, and they are taken to meet him on the deck. Kramer and Folks lock eyes. I don't like you, Kramer tells him. How fortunate, smiles Folks. <laughs> Roger's just yeah. too cool, isn't he? In these kind of these kind of moments, the admiral and King are locked up, but Kramer wants the helicopter to return, and he wants Folks to go back with it. Folks just smiles and then gets on and returns back to the
1: rig. Can I also point out that he doesn't just say, I don't like you. He says, I don't like your face. That's right. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Because he's that, that going to come back right at the end of the movie, isn't it?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's why I wanted to mention mm-hmm. it.
0: Herring begs Kramer to be allowed to go as well. He wants out. But as Herring tries to get away, Kramer has him shot dead. And Perkins is really good in this bit. The way he puts his arm around Harry and reassures him that everything's going to be fine. Yeah, don't you worry. Yeah, you've done everything. You got us on board. You did everything you were supposed to do, and that just gets him shot.
1: <laughs> yeah, hey, don't 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 worry, don't worry. We'll do many more podcasts. There'll be many more. Don't worry. You're fine. You're fine. You're doing okay. Hello. Is that a podcast casting agency?
0: <laughs> But you're playing a long game, then, because this is, what, episode
1: 95 at this point? Yeah, yeah I'm auditioning quietly.
0: You're, you're, you're really lulling me into a false sense of security, aren't you?
1: Yeah, when we do episode 4000. Yes, that's, that's when the
0: shot will come in. The, the listeners yeah. will just hear a shot, and then a slump, and then they get a different voice. <laughs> Talking, yeah, yeah, yeah. Kramer thinks something's going on and orders his men to patrol the deck. Although I've written desk,
1: they probably patrol those as well. So you're okay. you think so. They got there are desks on the ship, so they're patrolling both. Yeah, yeah. And he fingers the bomb switches. <laughs> well, when you say that, it just sounds revolting. <laughs> I don't know why. Put me off my dinner. I don't know why. For either. the next five years, yeah. really.
0: Back on the rig, the secretary is berating folks. I thought you knew all the answers, she says. How typical of a woman to make a remark like that at a time like this, replies folks, before complaining that she's smoking.
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: The PM rings and speaks to folks on the phone, and he tells her that... Oh. You
1: should point out that when he when you say she's smoking, it doesn't mean like, man, she's hot. She's smoking. She's lighting a cigarette.
0: Yeah, because you know, referring to a woman as smoking is just the way that we, we always roll like that, Colin,
1: don't we? Well, you
0: do. I'm not like. Ah, oh, seriously. The the PM speaks to folks on the phone, and he tells her that if anything goes wrong, the ship should be blown up. She wants to pay, but folks gives her a bit of a dressing down, doesn't he?
1: Yeah, I mean it's the standard line that you hear and all these kind of things you know you give you pay this one and then suddenly everybody's hijacking oil rigs all over the Absolutely. place
0: he wants a bomb to be readied and to drop on the ship unless he gives the signal that everything has gone to plan reluctantly yep. she agrees and she wishes him luck as folks puts down the phone he remarks she seems to have some grasp mm.
1: there you go it's coming around he is, isn't it is.
0: Folks then tells the secretary that he wants a wetsuit, a forty five, and a harpoon gun ASAP. You really don't like women, do you? Says Tipping. I do not, replies Folks. He explains that he and his five sisters were raised by his great aunt, who dressed him in the hand-me-downs. Must have been weird.
1: Yeah, he was wearing women's clothes, or girls' clothes, I guess.
0: Then, when he got married, he discovered that she also had five sisters who also needed his support. I find cats a far superior breed, he says.
1: He also says, both my parents died tragically in childbirth. That's right, yeah. Both parents, fall, Which which, Tipping's then pulls a face, because how does your father die in childbirth? you know and i never i never
0: noticed that i never noticed that so he's being um so is he what is he lying is he making up a story or
1: no no in the novel in chapter 1 it's explained that his father augustus falks had a heart attack after witnessing his premature birth thus making him the only child to have had a father die in childbirth. <laughs> well,
0: <laughs> that's, uh, that's a shame that they didn't go into that a bit more and explain it for the audience because unless you've read the book, you're not going to get that little look, are you? And, and he did, yeah. I never, he didn't register with me. So he then, on the off chance that something could go wrong, hands tipping a note.
1: Can I, can I also say that hands tipping is my favorite Formula One driver?
0: I, I heard he got injured. I thought he was in a really bad crash recently.
1: He was, yeah, yeah. Disfigured? No, he's just folked.
0: He hands him the note, saying that on the off chance that something could go wrong, he wants to leave everything to his cats. And he wants Tipping to sign to
1: verify that he's of sound mind and body. Tipping's reaction suggests that he's not entirely sure that folks is of sound mind and body.
0: Well, there is always that...
1: Concern, isn't there, with folks, that he could be slightly nuts. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Or at least that if he's not nuts, he's a raging alcoholic.
1: Well that that's definite. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, catch a psychopath, send a psychopath. Exactly. And he's a functioning alcoholic. Yeah. Yeah. The best kind. That's true. Gets the job done. So a
0: bomb is loaded onto a helicopter. Kramer's men patrol the ship. As King and the Admiral pace the locked cabin, the Secretary gives folks his wetsuit, and it's bright red—a wetsuit in vermilion. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I love how they comment on it as well. There's a great line, isn't there? He says, "A wetsuit in vermilion, yeah. just what one needs at night."
1: Yeah, I mean, I assume it's just that's the suits that they have on that rig at the, mm-hmm. uh, which they would be brightly colored because if you're using one of those, you want to be seen. Yeah, you're
0: not going to. There's no need to be stealthy, is there? If you're working on the rig, no, no, but it's nice that they put that line in.
1: Yeah, just just. It's also nice that he doesn't use the word red. Yes, he says vermilion. Yeah, yeah.
0: Kramer speaks to Folks on the phone. He reminds Folks not to try anything, and tells him that he doesn't like the sound of his voice either. Yeah. Folks dives and swims across to the ship, just as his men are moving in. Unfortunately, he's got no way of warning his men about the change of the plan. Ooh, could be trouble ahead. Could be. Folks climbs up onto the ship. Stealthily, he moves around the deck, avoiding the guards as his men reach the ship as well. The secretary makes her call to the ship, but the line is dead. So I guess yeah. this isn't explained, so I'm guessing it's just gone down for a second.
1: Yeah, because of the yeah. storm, I'd imagine.
0: The admiral and King are worried that they should have had their call by now, but the admiral convinces Kramer to allow him to call in, otherwise the ransom won't be paid. So Kramer has them brought to the bridge. Right. Kramer tries to make the call, but the line is still dead. Folks starts to move in. But as his back is turned, one of Kramer's men sees him. He raises his gun. But Sanna appears from a lifeboat and knocks him cold, so she didn't jump after all, and had just been hiding out all this time. Yeah, nice. Smart. Yeah. Folks thanks her, calling her boy. Girl, she corrects him. Looks like a boy, he says.
1: <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> oh, I don't yeah. I think she'd know.
0: <laughs> and he, he still won't have it later, will he? He's like, it takes, it takes something yeah. in particular for him to realise, doesn't it? Yeah. Folks men start taking out the guards, while one goes to take the guard in red. Red vermilion. Mm, yeah. but folks fights him off and tosses him overboard saying bloody fool <laughs> 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 it, it, it is very yeah. funny isn't it the way he delivers it as well Yep. Yeah. tipping gets through to the admiral telling him everything is to go as planned wink wink meanwhile the helicopter yeah. carrying the bomb gets ready to drop it kramer thinks the money's coming Fo- oh, oh it's, it's coming. coming all right Folks peeks through the window of the bridge, and everything at this point is just speeding by, isn't it? It moves really fast this whole day. Yeah. Yeah. The Admiral nervously sees that the time has come, and he pulls the cigarette trick. The cigarettes fall to the floor, and just as, just as Kramer quips that, you know, he should give those up, Folks stands up and shoots Kramer in the chest with the harpoon gun. And it, it kind yep, of. yeah, pinning him to the wheel. Yeah, pins him to the wheel. Shulman fires back as Folks takes cover. He shouts to his men, Where the hell is Aris? Someone threw him over the side! A man replies. <laughs> 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 that is a funny moment. Shulman tries to reach for the detonator switch, but he gets shot with multiple harpoons. Yeah. Folks quickly fires a Fleur, just as a helicopter. Now, does it accidentally drop it, but manages to shift it over to the side?
1: Yeah, I'm not entirely sure mm. on this one. Why, why the bomb misses yeah. the rig.
0: But it does, it drops into the water and harmlessly blows up in the sea. Yeah. Yep. Folks then helps the Admiral up and calls the rig, telling them that the operation was a success as planned, naturally. Yeah, he's not being tough and not, truthful there, no. but all right. He takes Santa below and starts a hot shower to warm her up, all the while still referring to her as boy. Yeah. She undresses... And he starts to warm her up. And finally, when he turns around to open up the shirt, he realizes she is a girl. Yeah. Even so, he tells her, a lot of people owe you a great debt. And he hands her a towel and says, and so do I. So he has moved forward slightly, hasn't he? He's acknowledged that, you know. It's a tiny step. It's a t- one tiny step. It's nice how they do it, though. It's a nice bit of character development without rubbing it in and making it a major thing as well. Back on the bridge, Kramer isn't as dead as he appears. and He starts to stir. He looks at the detonator and his hand starts to edge towards it. Luckily, Folks appears and grabs his arm. They look each other in the eye and just as Kramer is dying, he
1: whispers to him, I still don't like your face. You know what, he should have whispered to him. What? Uh, 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 that's all, folks. <laughs> uh.
0: And then the iris closes and the music comes up. <laughs> <laughs> well, this film's took a turn, hasn't it?
1: <laughs> yeah, that was a weird last yeah. second, though.
0: <laughs> Not sure I like it, but all right. Later we cut to folks' castle. He and his men are lined up as the PM congratulates them. I'd rather you didn't, he says. But she knows that he thinks of medals as a damn lot of nonsense. So she's chosen something a bit more appropriate for him. Mm-hmm. It's a box of kittens named Esther, Ruth and Jennifer. Ah, oh, that's nice. And he's actually quite moved by it, isn't he? Yeah, well, you would be. And to a round of applause from his men, he goes off to give them all a saucer of milk. His men? Yes!
1: (laughs) (laughs) I think they'd rather have some beer or something, wouldn't they? That's weird. Well, you'd
0: take a saucer of milk rather than a grenade, wouldn't you?
1: Well, yeah, if that's the options. Well, that's
0: what they've been getting up to this
1: point. That's a weird restaurant.
0: It is. And that's the
1: end of Folks, or North Sea Hijack, or whatever you want to call it. Let's call it North Sea Hijack. So, uh-huh. Paul, what did you think of North Sea Hijack?
0: It's a very strange one, this, isn't it? it? It's an action-adventure movie with very little action or adventure. Yeah. But it's never dull, and it's never boring.
1: Oh, it rolls along with a it
0: great does. speed. It never seems to slow down. Uh, it's, it's really fast-paced, considering that a lot of it is just people in rooms talking.
1: Yeah, I mean, who wants to... Gosh, listen to two people just talking to each other for endlessly. Honestly <laughs> droning on. Uff.
0: Yeah. I'm backing away from that one slowly. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's got great performances all the way across it. Absolutely. Of, yeah. Of course it's got Roger Moore who commands every scene that he's in, playing a character that's completely against type for him, I would say. Yeah. And on paper, it's a character that should be completely unlikable. But yeah, you kind of love him, don't you? Yeah. yeah. It, it's that unconventional nature that he's got that keeps you interested because you're always waiting to see what he's going to say next or what he's going to do next or all the little things that, that 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 make him who he is. I would have loved to have seen maybe a series of these films, you know, featuring Roger Moore reprising the role. You know, it could have been a nice little side <laughs> side series that he did along with Bond movies
1: yeah i'd have watched yeah, him do that. Like, yeah different hijacks mm-hmm.
0: doesn't even have to be hijacks can be something else you know just i'd watch him just going down the pub well, just
1: oh you're only a whole film about him going down well at least I got to go down to the pub that's Got true. all the drink at home that's true yes yes
0: but it'd be nice to have seen him play play it again i think
1: yeah i think yeah
0: it is the kind of film that if it were made today, it would have more explosions, more gunplay, and over-the-top stunts. Yes. But it's a movie that proves that you don't need any of that to make a damn good, compelling thriller. So right. I, I love this film. I think it's 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 just a great movie, and it's a definite hit for me. Every day of the week, I never get tired of it. Wow. So, Colin, you hated it, right?
1: Oh, yeah, it's crap. (laughs) (laughs) No, I like it too. Mm -hmm. It's got great performances, and I like the quirky touches that they've added to the roles. Um, I think that's a very 70s and maybe 80s, but mostly it's a 70s thing. Yeah. I think that people do it. It's actors at the top of their game. Absolutely, yeah. Even James Mason, who's
0: getting on at this point.
1: Yeah, yeah. But they're all professionals. Mm -hmm. Um, I like the story. I like the special effects, the model work, like we've said before, it's pretty good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I like the fact that it's not two and a half hours long. (laughs) That is very true. Somewhere in my mind
0: when when I sat down to watch it, I thought it was a lot longer. But it's not. Mm. It's about 100 minutes, isn't it?
1: Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And it's also a nice, different setting. You don't get Isle rig settings that much. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, for me, it's a hit. Wow, shocker. Who'd have thought it? Roger Moore film that we like. <laughs> I'm sure it'll come around again. I'm <laughs> sure it will. Oh, and so as we come to an end, I guess I could defuse this bomb. Didn't go off. You didn't say the phrase. <sighs> I'm lucky, aren't I? You are, yeah. Yeah. You came close. Did
0: I? Yeah. You, are you going to tell me? Do you want to know what it was? Yes. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that.
1: Oh no! Oh, no. oh my god it's, it's, it's gonna go it's gonna blow it's, uh, uh, thank you for listening and uh, thank you to all our Patreon supporters and you could download and listen to us everyone uh, don't forget to check out the new website retrospectionpodcast.com quick go 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 <laughs>
0: I was lucky.